The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. A man tormented by his co-workers has a strange effect on the environment. And then we take a look at 5G technology. Some people say it's a health hazard. Some people say it will revolutionize data transfers. And one person says... And one person says it is the frontline weapon on the war against the ETs. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day too. I had to snip, I'm recording this actually after I did the episode. I had to snip out a quick story in the beginning. So if I reference it, if I keep talking about weapons of war, that's just ignore that part. It'll be on a later episode. But everything else ran kind of long, so it snipped out. So there might be one or two references still in there. And if there isn't, I'll cut this part out as well. But enjoy this previously recorded episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. Our first story is... Speaking of weapons of war, though, let's go ahead and move on to this next topic. Now, this next topic... I got out of my favorite book, The National Directory of Haunted Places. And generally, when I find stuff in that book, I then go online and try to find uh, some follow-up information or some other references to it and things like that. This one is a ghost. This one has no information on it outside of the information in the book, which means one of two things. The book is wrong, which is heresy, but no, the book may be wrong, or the story is getting covered up. And you'll see what I mean here in a second. Now, in the book of the National Directory of Haunted Places, it will list, it pretty much has every haunted place. When the book was written, I was like late 90s. Every place that's reported haunted in the United States is in this book. It's a great asset. It's a great valuable resource. And they list them by counties. So sometimes it's a little, it's easy for me to get confused because I'm not a county person. I'm a city person. But in all of Oakland County, there's only one haunting. Which makes me think either the people of Oakland aren't very observant to the ghosts around them, or ghosts are afraid of Oakland. Or that ghosts don't exist, and it's all made up. But I think it's one of the first two. But in all of Oakland County, there's only one reported haunting from 1964. So we're going way back. Way, way back. The year is 1964. We're in the city of Oakland. And there's this unassuming office building in Oakland known as the Wheeler and Halford building. So just a very nondescript building. People walking around, making phone calls, printing papers. Did they have printers back then? People making phone calls, people writing paper on binder paper. I think one of the salesmen has a crush on the receptionist. We'll find out next week. But this office just seems to be kind of blah. A standard office. But one day, one of the office workers is just kind of walking around and... A huge file cabinet narrowly almost crushes him. It doesn't narrowly almost crush him. He narrowly escapes almost being crushed by this huge file cabinet. People are like, what? What happened? He's like, I don't know. Tune in next week to find out. Anyways, they don't have to tune in next week. 
These file cabinets keep tipping over and almost crushing people. Maybe not that dramatically. They're just tipping over. It's not an obstacle course. They're not constantly having to run away from these things, but they are falling over. And after that, pictures start to kind of fly off the walls, like falling down. It actually said fly off the wall in the story. That's probably exaggerating a bit. I think they probably just fell. We'll meet them in the middle. They jumped a bit. Now, there's a lot of stuff going on at this office. You have the falling file cabinets. You have the flying pictures. Jim almost got beat up by Pam's boyfriend. And Dwight is looking for the guy who smoked marijuana. And you may think, okay, great. Is he going to make office jokes the whole time? Well, kind of. Because it did have a bit of the office-type environment here. There was a young man who was constantly being teased for being effeminate. This young man was being teased for acting gay. So, people are ribbing him. People are jostling him. Dunking his head in the toilet. I don't know. Basically, they were probably just calling him queer every day. But it was really, really upsetting to this dude. But nobody connected the two events. Nobody connected this young kid who may or may not have been gay and these giant things almost falling on people and pictures flying off the wall. Phones started ringing out of the blue. Ring, ring. And you'd pick it up and go, hello, Dunder Mifflin. Pam speaking. And there'd be no one on the other line. You'd hang up, and the second they hung it up, ring, ring, pick it back up, no one's there. The owners of the building call in Pacific Bell. They replace, they, they test all the lines, they can't figure out what's causing it. They replace every single phone in the building. Ring, ring, it won't stop. Owners of the building are having city inspectors come in. They go, why is this stuff falling off the wall? And they're like, dude, that's not our job. We don't come in here and test gravity. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's not why I called you. And we're also having all these electrical disturbances, plus the phones. City inspectors are going through it. They can't find the source of any sort of electrical disturbances. They can't find any source of what's causing the phone calls, neither could Pac Bell. They do notice an oddly angry, quite effeminate man sitting in the corner going, in his frilly pink shirt. And they don't even pay attention to him. They're like, is that guy? You think that guy's a little, little queer? And they're like, yeah, yeah, probably. He's on the wrong show. He should be on Queer as Folk. This is the office. And they're like, yeah, he does appear to be on the wrong network. But they kept making fun of him. All this stuff kept happening. Now, at a certain point, and it's very vague what happened. But in the article, it says, On June 16th, the effects became so violent that owners summoned the police. And you're like, that's very interesting. That, that made me want to look into this more. And... There's no information, so let's just keep going, and then I'll go into what I think happened. So, the police show up at the Wheeler and Halford building, and they have no idea what's going on either. They end up, one of the police officers says, hey, listen, I know this parapsychologist, he works at University of California, let's get him in. Because we don't know what it is, no one knows what it is, all this stuff's crazy, and it is quite scary. So, Dr. Arthur Hastings came in from uh, Cal. And he comes in, he's doing his investigation, and he sees that gay-looking dude over in the corner, and he says, well, he doesn't do it right away. He does a full investigation. But at the end of the investigation, he goes, that guy's the cause of it. And everyone turns their head simultaneously, and the dude's like, me? And they're like, yes, you. You're the cause of this. Now, actually, to back up, I don't know if he publicly accused them of it, but at some point, he did tell the police and the owners of the building, that guy over there, is the cause of it. And they're like, the queer? And he's like, well, I don't know whether or not he's gay, but I've seen you guys really, like, riding him hard. (laughs) That's not a gay joke. I've seen you guys really, really, like, making fun of him. Like, even when I was here, even when a college professor was here, 
and they're surrounded by police, you kept saying derogatory slurs towards that guy. They're like, yeah, but you know, look at the way he stands and his pants are... Yeah, yeah, I know. It's a little questionable, but he's the cause of this. Like, you, this is my theory. That the relentless teasing that's gone on, because he just got the job here in January, right? January 1964. And they're like, how'd you know? And he goes, well, because I read the entry in the book, National Directory of Honor Places. But I know he's only been here since January of 1964. And they're like, that's correct. And when did this stuff start? And they go, this year, a couple months after January. So he's the cause of it. He, you're, you're causing him so much psychic pain that somehow, somehow, he's releasing that energy psychokinetically, and making stuff fall around. It's his way of getting back at the teasing. Now, there's only one way to really test that scenario. It doesn't say whether or not he was fired or he quit, but he shortly left after this investigation, and the place has never had any activity after that. He left, everything went back to normal. Pam and Jim got married and had a couple of babies. Everyone lived happily ever after, except for this unnamed guy. So, I go, there has to be more information on this. We have the police involved. We have a prominent parapsychologist involved. He is a very prominent parapsychologist, especially at that time. He's involved. You have a named building. You have a year. You have specific dates. There has to be some information on this. Looked around online. I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find any anecdotes that specifically didn't come from this book. No news articles, anything like that. Now, it would seem like this should be somewhere in the realm of paranormal research because we have specific dates specific times specific addresses a, pr- a prominent um, paranormal researcher and a conclusion it's not just like no one knew who threw the cabbage like it actually can point at what caused it so why is this story not known well i have a theory it's not known because it's been covered up you you recruit this young man Obviously, you recruit this guy. Now, it does suck for him that it seems like his power, because it is a power to be able to throw desks around and make pictures fly off the wall and make phones irritate people. Those are definitely superpowers. But you know how Shazam has to say Shazam to become Shazam. This guy has to be called gay and homo all day long before his powers can start working. So... Double-edged sword, on the one hand, you do get to become a superhero and fight for the forces of good. On the other hand, you are relentlessly mocked for being, acting like a chick. And imagine, okay, imagine if you go to the Justice League. You have like Batman's area and you have Superman's area, but your area is just constantly defaced with like pictures of buff dudes. And you're like, I swear I'm straight. I swear I'm straight. And Superman's like, "Uh uh-huh. Yeah, right. And they're doing it because that's the only, I mean, they kind of question it, but at the same time, that's the only way they can get your powers to work. So you would never know if people honestly believed you were gay or if they were trying to help you out. Are they bullying you for a good cause? (laughs) They change his outfit to be Wonder Woman's outfit. He's like, come on guys, please. But then while he's like sad, that everyone's picking on him. He's moving mountains with his mind. Double-edged sword. I don't know if I if I would I would have left to have superpowers in real life, but if my superpowers involved people constantly harassing me, that's the only way I can get superpowers. Is if the population of Metropolis was constantly trolling me, that's the only way I could save them. I don't know if I would take that deal. This dude might have though. This dude might have. Let's go ahead and move on. To our next story here. Now our next story is actually a request. In a roundabout way. So 
there's a YouTube user named Hate. And Hate said, you need to look into the health concerns involving uh, 5G, you know, the new cell phone rollout system, Wi-Fi rollout system, however you want to classify it. 5G health concerns. And Hate sent me a ton of links, at least 20 different links regarding this. Now, I'm going to put them in the show notes. I looked at a few of them. I appreciate the request, Hate. This was my thing. And this was one of the things I was, I looked at a couple of them and I said, of course, there's health concerns with 5G. Like, it was one of those stories that I, it was one of those conspiracy theories that I, kind of looked into a while back and I was like, of course, of course there's going to be health concerns with it. And I'm not diminishing the request. I really do, do really do uh, appreciate the request hate. Cause I did go on a different thing, a, a different route with this. This is one of the things sometimes will people will request things that are fairly popular. And this one is a fairly popular conspiracy. And I'll say, if I can find a good spin on it, someone will say, Hey, have you thought about doing the Manhattan project or, um, What's the one with the boat? The Philadelphia Experiment. And I'll be like, if I can find a new spin on it, I'll, I'll do it. So that was the thing with the 5G thing. I just, I put it, I saved the email or saved the notations, got all the links, looked through a couple of them, and then kind of filed it away. And I said, if I can find a new spin on it, I'll do it. Because this is, a lot of people are covering this. But at the same time, I'm thinking, of course, it's probably going to cause health problems. I'd be shocked if it didn't. I'd be shocked if it didn't make bees go haywire or birds to start banging butterflies. Like, it's going to do something because we're introducing millimeter waves into the air. Now, millimeter waves are what they use in the airport. Uh, microwaves, which is generally, I believe, what's used for 4G, um, they don't penetrate your, your skin, but the millimeter waves will penetrate your skin. So it's probably going to have some health problems with that. We need more of them because they don't go as far as traditional cell towers. They're going to need to be, they say like one for every 20 homes, which is incredibly close. They're going to be just all over cities. So yes, I looked through a couple of the resources and each time I pulled something up, I said, well, yeah, of course. You of course should be concerned about this. I don't think there's really anything people can do about it. There have been a couple cities that have said, we don't want it. We're not going to roll it out. But I'm sure... In five years, they will because they'll be so behind in their internet speeds and stupid stuff like that. I'm sure that 4G is not good for us. I'm sure that just cellular phones in general aren't good for humans or for society. Like, not society like a mental thing. Like, I'm saying, I don't think it's good health-wise. Alarm clocks can give you brain cancer. And studies dispute that. Studies dispute all sorts of stuff. Some studies say that, no, 5G is totally harmless. And other doctors would say, let's be cautious. But what I want to talk about is the spin on it. Because, again, that's all fairly well-known stuff. And thank you, Height, for the recommendation because you took me down a really cool story. Probably not the story that you wanted. Um, but I think that was the answer to your question as far as 5G health concerns. Yeah, I think it does. Well, I think those health concerns are very, um, it's good to have. It's good to have those. But what I want to talk a little bit about is the disinformation. Because I don't believe in predictive programming. I've talked about that before. But I do believe in controlled opposition. I do believe in disinformation. I believe that when you have a group of scientists or a group of citizens saying that we think 5G is unhealthy, if you really want to make them look like weirdos, you throw a weirdo out there to say, well, it also causes suicides. And everyone's like, what? Don't don't listen to that guy. Don't listen to that guy. We want to talk about legitimate health concerns and how it may be affecting 
prenatal development, and you know a bunch of people killed themselves around a 5G tower. What? No, go get that weirdo out of the room. Because actually, that was the first... When I first heard about the 5G stuff, it was linked to suicides. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, that is not true. That's not true. Now, of course, someone could say, no, 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 look at these links. But here's the thing. I'm willing to entertain and believe the fact that you don't want millimeter waves flying everywhere through the sky. Because we don't know what they do to us. We don't know what they do to the environment. I'll I'll look at that information and I'll go, yeah, probably. But then once you start giving me like information that is non-verifiable, I was like, this is nonsense. It's controlled opposition. So when people go, it has legitimate health concerns, articles can go, yeah, and some people believe it causes suicide. Look at these wackos. Don't listen to these wackos. I think it's controlled opposition. Because I kept reading the suicide thing. Ah, oh, it's causing people to commit suicide. It's causing people to kill themselves. I'm like, that's not. That's just not true. That's not true. Probably will mess with your tummy. It may affect, uh, you know, pregnant women. I don't know. But it's not making you jump off a cliff. But there's another more spectacular thing. Now, this might be classified as controlled opposition against controlled opposition. We are in the rabbit hole now. We're going into the looking glass, guys. Because now we have the true reason why 5G technology is being rolled out. And it's good. Spectacular, even. There's this guy named Cliff High. He's an older man, and he has something under his belt called WebBot. We'll get to that in a second. But he recently released a video saying that 5G is not for cell phones or for Wi-Fi. It is actually a... Well, actually, let me, let me say this first. He believes that there's this AI-type algorithm constantly trolling the internet. And you have to... When you speak about stuff, like stuff that's sensitive, the truth, you have to say beforehand, what I'm talking about is for entertainment purposes only. It is a LARP. It is no more than if I was describing a video game to my friend. This is not educational. This is simply a way for me to discuss a gaming event with a friend and he goes on and the, whenever like he starts talking to something, he's like, okay, now before I address that topic, I would like to remind the algorithm that we are simply playing a game. So I've never met anyone so technologically paranoid before. Like he almost believes with the right combination of code words, his videos won't get demonetized. And I don't think that it's that. I think he almost thinks that this algorithm is like hunting people, which if that was true, my Erratus episode would have completely demolished the show. Any episode I've done would have completely got demolished this show. Because I'm always talking about weird stuff. But after letting us know that this is just a video game and no one's going to get hurt. None of this information is true. He then begins to unravel this huge conspiracy in very, very serious tones. Aliens kidnap a million people a year around the world. And the people who are being replaced are alien hybrids. They're slowly replacing us the way that we replace the Neanderthals. Here is an actual quote from him. Space aliens. Now, anyone who ever uses the word space and aliens at the same time, there's just something so cheesy about that or so something so 1950s about that. Space aliens can control our minds. They can actually control the neural pathways in our brains, and they can do so such that they could eliminate me from your vision. I could be sitting there, and I could be coughing and hacking, and they decide what you will hear and see of my presence. And they can do this relatively easy. They are able to control our brains through their inbuilt telepathic abilities. But... And I added the but. He didn't add the but. This continues. The 5G network could be used, in my opinion, 
to disrupt the ability of the hybrids to control human thought. So it may be that in order to have a free mind in the future, we have to live in 5G envelopes. In order to be relatively free from being screwed with by the space aliens as they proceed with their evil plan to conquer Earth. Tell me that doesn't sound like a delusional guy from the 1950s. It's like the War of the Weirdos with this one. Because he's definitely pro-5G. He wants it. It's the only way to stop the aliens. But then you have the other people claiming it causes people to go mentally insane. And of course, again, the normal people and the people who just want a reasonable debate about the scientific issues are caught in between these guys. But what's, what's really telling about Cliff High? What's really telling about this guy? Is that despite his fear of the algorithm coming after him, he actually harnesses the algorithm to be able to predict the future. Now, he created, so maybe he does know a little something about what's coming with the 5G, because he created this thing called WebBot. What it does is it constantly searches the internet for terms. All search, and the amount of the words being used and the way they're used, the emotion they're being used. He developed this WebBot to play the stock market. So he could just figure out trends that were coming in the stock market, be able to buy and sell and all that stuff. But then he thought, if it can predict the stock market, which it might be able to, honestly. I mean, if it's just trolling all the information out there, you might be able to say, everyone's talking about Coke, I'm going to buy stock in Coke. All these tweets are positive about Coke and negative against Pepsi, I'm going to buy some Coke stock, or vice versa. So I, that could work. But then he starts to get into this hippy-dippy nonsense where it can actually predict the future. These are the things that it's predicted. It predicted the Northeast blackout of 2003. And all the power went out over there. Predicted the Boxing Day tsunami, that big earthquake that killed a bunch of people, like 100,000 people, and almost wiped out the time machine on North Sentinel Island. Predicted Hurricane Katrina. And you ask, how can web terms predict natural events? Eh, I don't know either. He also predicted massive pole shifts during 2012. You remember that. Also predicted the massive earthquake that hit the Pacific Northwest in 2008. I remember that. I actually had... Just moved up here then, and it was just bodies everywhere. It was, it was it was shocking. I mean, I'd come from California and lived through a couple of earthquakes, but that earthquake in 2008 that killed 10,000 people in Hood River, it was amazing. So thank you, WebBot, for warning me of that. Also predicted, and you guys should all remember this, the dollar collapse in 2011. Remember when the dollar was basically worth pennies, and the Obama administration almost faced a junta? I mean, it was a huge, huge time in 2011. I... I I'm surprised any of us are still alive from that. So those are some of the predictions that the web bot has made. So it sucks, basically. But what's fascinating about this guy, absolutely fascinating, other than his bizarre theories on the algorithm trying to take him down and 5G fighting aliens, or just space aliens making hybrids that are whatever, all that. Oh, also, he thinks that the United States has already been taken over by aliens. So I think right there, that should tell you his view on President Trump and that Russia and China are viewing America as a possible threat. We might already be uh, absorbed into the alien empire. Why we are then rolling out 5G technology, he never explains. But So his WebBot thing. Now you go, Jason, I want to know the future. I want to know what fake calamity is going to happen to me next. And I do too. He puts out a report that shows all the terms and how they're interpreted and what the predictions are going to be. Now they're quite vague. Some of them are vague. Some of them can be a little more specific. But with this list of terms, at the very least, you'll probably get good stock market tips. And at the most, you may be able to avoid the next 2012. Now, the cool thing about it is that the reports are free. No, that's not true. They're $100 each. 
So for the low, low price of $99, you can get a list of words that are super vague and nobody can really interpret. And, you know, you could also... $99. $99 for a list of words. I'll do that for $10. I'll give you a list of words every month. You PayPal me $10. Now, you may go, Jason, that's a little harsh. You haven't seen the report itself. But I've seen something more telling than the report. I This is one of those things that I just kind of stumbled across. I, it's almost like Sherry Schreiner's biography on her own webpage, where she basically explains... We did those episodes a while back, but she basically formed this religious mission. And then on her biography, she gave away like some weird clues as to why she did it. And I don't think she realized it. On Cliff High's website, he has a short story he wrote. And I first started reading and thinking it was an actual article about something that somebody had done regarding all of this stuff. But he has a short story that he wrote. This story, this is so bizarre. I can't believe that he put this on his front page. The story was written in 2018. It's called Escape This Life. It starts off with this young man named Brett. He's in a coffee shop. He's drinking coffee. He's on the dark web. And he's watching porn at a coffee shop. And as you do, I guess. But see, I don't even like researching this show at a coffee shop. I'm always afraid what someone's going to walk over behind my shoulder and see... Like, just nuns covered in blood as I'm reading about some zombie story uh, or some haunting somewhere. And there's just, like, a picture of a little girl covered in blood. I'm really, really sketched out just researching this show in a coffee shop. Anyways, Brett is watching porn in this coffee shop on the dark web. And he sees an ad for this thing called Escape This Life. And he's like, hmm. Goes to click on it. He can't click on it. It keeps jumping around the screen. Every time he like refreshes it, it's in a different place. It's super bizarre. I'm like, what is going on here? At this point, I'm realizing it's not a true story. I thought it was a true story when I started it. Anyways, he's trying to click on it. And then he realizes, I'm going to say this, guys. Do not type this into a browser. Because for all I know, this will take you to somewhere really, really gross. But, because I don't know what this Cliff dude's up to. But anyways, in the story, Brett finally realizes, I can't click on the ad. But think about it. He types in escapethislife.onion. Now, .onion is the how you surf around on the dark web. You don't use .com or .biz or .gov. It's .onion. Now, I don't know if they actually have like a, a URL like that. I thought it was just a stream of numbers. But apparently, this is escapeyourlife.onion. Again, don't type that in because I don't know what it is. Escapeyourlife.onion. He types it in and he sees this ad and it says... For the sum of $1 million in Bitcoin, other payment vehicles available, ask your time travel booking agent for details. This Escape This Life Corporation will bring you forward in time to Utopia on Earth. And will also clone you in your current condition and time, leaving your clone behind, so that your friends and family need never know you left them. Escape all your cares and responsibilities living in Utopia on Earth, a mere 102 years from your current year while having them all lived through just as you would have by your clone. Please contact this Escape Life Corporation for further details should you qualify and wish to escape your life. And he's like, oh, that's great. So I'm reading this and I'm like, well, okay, what is, okay, I guess I'm reading a short science fiction story now. And he goes, yes, I do want to escape this life. I am a millionaire. I could easily pay a million dollars. I have more than that. Since I'm the grand champion of the VR pan planetary games. I'm like, what? So, whoa, whoa. So, halfway through the story, I find out he's already in the future. So, this story starts off with him in a coffee shop watching porn on a laptop. And now it turns out that he's some sort of like shroud. But instead of Fortnite, he's playing VR in the pan planetary game. So, now we're already in the future. 
So now I'm super confused. I have no idea what's coming up next. We find out that his wife is a total hag and she's just constantly nagging him. She's almost a veiled Kim Kardashian. And I'm not saying that Kim Kardashian's a hag, but this author might think she is because she's basically like this money grubbing celebrity obsessed like trophy wife who basically has taken over his life. So now I'm imagining Kanye West watching porn in a coffee shop. And also playing VR games in the pan-planetary competition, whatever the hell that is. So, he then decides that he wants to escape this life. So, he types in... Oh, oh, so that's all the information that's available on the website. He goes, well, how do I escape this life? And then he sees at the bottom where it says, escape your life. And he goes, uh-huh. He types in escapeyourlife.onion. And nothing happens. Then he goes, wait a second, wait a second. Escape. Whose life do I want to escape? Huh? He types in escape my life dot onion. And then a video pops up and there's this guy named Trey. And he's like, hello, Brett. It is I. We knew you were coming. It is I from the future. So I'm going to tell you a place where you go. And we'll take you to the future and we'll clone you. You're thinking, Jason, why are you telling us this story? Trust me, it pays off. <laughs> really? Why are you telling us this C-level science fiction story? So Trey is like, you come to this warehouse and we'll clone you. And then we're going to send you into the future and your clone will stay here. And your clone's going to get a little tattoo on the inside of his lip of three colored circles on the inside of your lip. And then your clone will stay here and you'll go into the future. And Brett's like, yippee. So this this, this episode's totally gone off the rails, so I'm just going to go with it. Brett goes to the warehouse and there he meets Trey's clone in the past. And he's like, hey, I'm Trey's clone. What's up? Because like this cool handshake. Brett can't get it right. <laughs> I don't I just, Trey, how many white guys do you know named Trey? And how many white guys do you know named Brett? They're all named Brett. Anyways, doing the handshake. Brett keeps messing it up. Trey's like, I got enough money to buy a hundred balls. And Brett totally doesn't get the reference. And Trey's like, whatever. Trey then shows his lip and shows that he has the tattoo on his, uh, um, inside of his lip. And he goes, hey, I'm a clone from the past or from the future or whatever. I'm here. It doesn't matter. Give me a million dollars. And then you're going to get on this table and we're going to clone you and then we're going to send the other one into the future and then your clone's going to be left here and you'll be in the utopia. And Brett's like, oh, okay, cool, man. It's funny because when I read the story, the name Trey didn't even register with me. But now I can only picture him as like a skinny black dude. Anyways, Brett gets down on the cloning table and there's other people kind of milling about and stuff like that. And then the next thing he knows, he goes under. And the clone wakes up. Now, the clone wakes up and Trey's standing over him. And he goes, well, you're in the future now. The real you's in the future. And you're the clone. And you can go about living the life how you want. And the Brett goes, oh, this is awesome. So, like, what do I have to do? Trey's like, really? You can do anything. Like, you're responsible for, like, your own actions. But you really don't have any responsibilities because you're just a clone, right? And he's like, yeah. And he feels the tattoo on his upper lip. And then he goes, okay, I'm going to go home and bang a couple strippers in front of my horrible wife. And Trey's like, hey, man, you be you. And Brett leaves. And then Trey basically turns to the camera and goes, ah, the fool. We don't have a time machine. <laughs> we simply gave him a tattoo and told him he was a clone. All for a tidy sum of one million dollars. <laughs> oh, those rubes getting ripped off on the internet. They'll believe anything. Now, those aren't his exact words, but that's the intent. He basically goes on to say, yes, he didn't. there's no time travel involved. This is a scam. They take this from country to country. And they just rip people off for a million dollars. And then they go off and do whatever. And they'll never find him again. 
There's a couple problems with that story. One, it's a really hard to find scam. If it's a scam, why did he make it so difficult to find? Why didn't he just say, go to this web address, the video will pop up right away? Why did he make him click on a bunch of stuff? Secondly, the story is written by Cliff High. If you're running an online scam in real life, don't write a science fiction story about a guy who runs a scam online. If you're basically telling people for a hundred dollars a month, I will tell, give you vague predictions of the future. Do not then put on that same website a story about a man who rips people off a million dollars at a time to tell them they're going to the future. I've never, it is, it was so Freudian. I, I was just scrolling through to see if he gave a free sample of some of his predictions. And instead, I find this story that is basically him admitting to committing fraud. Because he's not Brett in the story. He's not the rube. He's not the guy who gets fooled and is banging strippers in front of his wife. He's the guy taking the money. Absolutely bizarre that that's on the front page of his website. Absolutely bizarre. Now, what does any of that have to do with 5G technology? Like I said, it went off the rails a bit there. But let me wrap it up like this. 5G technology, probably not very healthy in the long term. Controlled opposition is is a real thing. And I think that as we see the health debates for 5G technology continue, they're going to get weirder and weirder. And that's not because more evidence is going to be revealed. It's going to be because controlled opposition. Third, never trust a man who writes fiction about a scam he's currently running. Now, again, let me clarify this too. By me saying that it's a scam, I'm not if you want to pay, scam might be too harsh of a word. If you're if you're dumb enough to pay $99 for a list of vague words and terms, that's no different than, than someone going to a psychic. Like, yes, I believe most psychics are scams and fortune tellers and stuff like that are. But, I mean, watch, Cliff High is going to try to sue me or something like that. If you want to waste your money on this stuff, go ahead. I don't necessarily think he's committing any sort of criminal acts, but he's definitely, it's fishy. It's definitely fishy. A fact that, one, the fact that he basically admits to it in fictional form. I mean, listen, if you if you ran a home security business and you sold security alarms and you wanted to include on your webpage an article about a guy who breaks into a house and rapes and murders a family, that would basically be a selling point because you would be like, well, now I definitely want a security alarm. But if you run, if you sell security alarms and then you write a st- First off, why is there a fictional story on this website? But if you ran a security alarm company and you wrote a fictional story about a guy who sells security alarms to people and then knows the codes, goes into the house of the people who just bought your security alarm and rapes and murders them, you should expect people to be a little suspicious of your business. So when you are selling me information from the future and then you write a fictional story about a guy ripping people off involving the future, I'm going to be suspicious and I may call it a scam and that may that may get me in some hot water. But at the very, very least, the very, very least, it's really bizarre unless that story is set up. There can be controlled opposition. And if someone ever goes, are you scamming us? He goes, if I was scamming you. Why would I write this delightful story down here? And they're like, hmm, good point, Cliff. Good point. Here's $100. And he turns away slightly. He's still with an earshot. And he goes, oh, that rube. Oh, that rube. And they're like, what'd you say? And he's like, oh, nothing. Please step into my cloning booth. I love, I love doing this show. Deadrabradio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. 
You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O'Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.